this is Timmy Black, and welcome once again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. Do you, do you ever get tired? I mean, so tired of your own insincerity? That, that's how I feel right now, and, and, and maybe... That means it's a bad time to record a podcast, or, or maybe it's the perfect, maybe it's the perfect time to record a podcast. I don't know. See, I was gonna talk about the multimedia conceptual performance artist Leonora Divas, but I just gotta get something off my chest, which, now that I think of it, is the perfect metaphor, considering that. Divas's latest project, which has incidentally electrified both the art world and the fat fashion world, is a line of t-shirts. Yes, t-shirts. Yes, these t-shirts are unusual and noteworthy in that they are they have printed on the front, on the chest area, the very same chest from which I feel compelled to relieve myself of something. On the chest, on the front of these t-shirts are images of Divas's well, overly refined, somewhat cliched drawings of prominent, though dead, poets. It's an interesting idea, and if you haven't seen them, you should check it out. She has a she has a website out there. It's called DeadPoetsHardware.com, where being spelled W-E-A-R, clever, huh? It's, it's really a terrific idea, a bit slight as far as art goes, and a bit, uh, how shall I put it, a little bit uh, déclassé in the fashion department, but cute nonetheless. And my, my, my wife, Tina, loves, just she just loves the Sappho shirt. She lives in it. While, while, while the boys, the, of course, they're partial to the Bukowski shirt. Anyway, I was going to talk about Leonora Divas and the ups and downs of her career, but like I said, I just have to get something off my chest right now, so Divas has to wait. She has to wait, she has to wait, probably indefinitely. So, Leonora, sorry, I know I promised, and I'll be happy to pay for the shirts. Anyway, what was I talking, oh yeah. Do you ever get, do you ever get so tired, so, so spent? by your own corruption. I know, I know that I do, and I kind of feel like that right now, and let me explain. You know, podcasting is a very crowded field, and the art world also is equally cramped with strivers and, and pretenders. So in order to gain even the slightest in the slightest foothold, in order, in order to acquire even the tiniest bit of attention, you have to submerge yourself, submit yourself into the ecosystem of artistic middle management. And I suppose it's like, like that with everything else. The gatekeepers of this citadel of professional legitimacy, in this case, the dealers, the, the curators, the collectors, are typically composed of unimaginative um, 
mediocre um, fanboys and fangals. It's like, it's, like, it's like a club where the only requirement for membership is a degree and an inferiority complex. I mean, I live in L.A., and if you ask anyone on the creative side of the entertainment industry, for example, to describe a, I don't know, like a, a movie executive or, or say, a, say a music executive or an agent or a manager or a producer, you'll probably get the same answer. With very few exceptions. I mean, the exceptions simply ratify the rule. If if you're on the ad- administrative side of things, you probably are resentful of the talent. Well, it's it, it's really no different in the art world, and it's certainly no different in the podcast world. And I'm dilating about this at the expense of Leonora Divas because I just came back from, I don't know what you call it, a, a trade show, a conference, a, a symposium. No, it's not a symposium. That would that would mean there was some thinking going on. Maybe a retreat, maybe. I mean, it did take place in a hotel in Ojai. Um, so it could have been technically a retreat. I, I don't know, but, 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 but it was a two-day affair dedicated to, of all things, the future of arts podcasting. Now, if you broke the thing down, the participants of this conference were basically made up of two teams. There were two teams, the machers and the schmoozers. And, and if you're not familiar with these technical terms, let me uh, explain. Macher simply refers to those with power and schmoozer, well, schmoozer is, and, and I'm sure you'll, you'll all recognize the, the type, a schmoozer is this disfigured character who, like a medieval supplicant, must somehow find the perfect combination of personal debasement and professional indispensability. The schmoozer wants something that the macher has, but that the macher enjoys withholding. Now, you must know that at these conventions, these events, the schmoozers greatly outnumber the machers. So there's this Darwinian aspect to all this. And to make matters worse, the schmoozers must, it's unavoidable, the, the, the schmoozers must schmooze with other schmoozers. Because you see, there's a distinct hierarchy of supplicants. And, and those who are perceived to be close, to be in closer proximity to the sources of opportunity, to the circle of machers, if you will, well, they too must be flattered and flirted with. It's, 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 it's sort of like a Woodstock festival of ass-kissing. And in a world dominated by scarcity and ambition, one must be tactical if one hopes to distinguish oneself. They, they call this ritual of disingenuous courtesy. They call it networking, but it's basically a very distant cousin to the performing arts. But of course, unlike theater, which I suppose is predicated by the understanding that the experience is mediated by artifice, networking lacks any legitimate claim to uh, to nuance or, 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 or subtlety or, or drama or unpredictability. In other words, One must be as phony as the day is long. Do do people still use that expression? Ah, It doesn't matter. I'm sure you know what I mean. 
And I'm sure yeah, you understand now why I am so worked up. I just spent two days in charming, lovely, temperate Ojai, California, which by the way has several formidable golf courses, which I did not have time to avail myself of. I just spent two days in a bunch of over air conditioned corporate conference rooms and attending a gathering, not a symposium, but maybe a trade fair of arts podcasters. And I am absolutely exhausted. Uh, I mean, of course, 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 I was among the mahers, sure, but that didn't make that didn't make it much better to be around so much, so much fakery, so much flim flammery, so much inauthenticity was 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 truly soul and spirit crushing. Now I I don't I don't know. Maybe, maybe my threshold for pain has been diminished. Maybe, maybe after this two-year pandemic hiatus, maybe I've become too intolerant. Maybe after two years of living like a recluse, surrounding myself with the lyrics of dead poets, maybe I've become too comfortable. Maybe, maybe, maybe I bought into all that talk about the great realignment, all that post. COVID nonsense that that people have re-examined their values and have reassessed what truly matters, what is important and what they want from life. <laughs> Was I really that foolish? As if everyone were at home having candlelit dinners with their loved ones discussing Kierkegaard and, and flourishing in, in grateful contentment, realizing how fugitive life is and how the culture of rapacious, self-indulgent ambition was a, was a mirage generated by the eternally insatiable ego. Please, <laughs> please, just ask Disney Plus and Netflix how much time we spent with the Buddha, please. We went into the pandemic shallow and ungrateful, and we have emerged from the pandemic shallow and ungrateful. The only difference that, that I can see is that now, after this two-year imposition of self-restraint, the, the middling class has acquired renewed energy to express their hollow self-importance. So. I'll return to my initial question. Do you ever grow weary of your ingratiating, transparent, and humiliating insincerity? I mean, me, I can only thank Yahweh that at least I'm a macher, that, that at least my vapid love affair with myself is consummated by the lofty rank of my reputation because in the end of the day, in the end of the day, it's me. It's me and only me who decides who gets featured on the lives of contemporary artists.